It's Thursday, March the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, a traffic jam in the Suez Canal and a new strain in India. First, the world in brief. Experts say that refloating a ship that ran aground and blocked the Suez Canal on Tuesday may take a few days. The Ever Given, which at 400 metres is one of the world's longest container ships, is obstructing the southern entrance to the passage, causing a traffic jam of vessels. Egyptian officials reopened the canal's older route to help clear the traffic. Indian government laboratories discovered a variant of COVID-19 with two mutations. It is unclear whether it is more contagious or vaccine-resistant than other forms of the virus. According to the health ministry, it was not prevalent enough to be considered the cause of a recent spike in infections. On Tuesday, more than 47,000 were recorded, the most in a day this year. Angela Merkel cancelled plans for a strict nationwide lockdown in Germany over Easter just a day after announcing them. The Chancellor bowed to opposition from the public, business leaders and members of her own centre-right party. Despite having secured the consent of the leaders of all 16 German states, Mrs Merkel stressed that the mistake was hers alone. America's Output Purchasing Managers Index for March was 59.1, a slight decrease from February's 59.5, but still strong. Anything above 50 indicates expansion. Despite tighter COVID-19 restrictions and a sluggish vaccination drive, the euro area's PMI was 52.5. The Manufacturing Sectors Index was the highest since the series began in 1997. Britain's overall PMI was also strong at 56.6. Kenya demanded that the United Nations Refugee Agency close two refugee camps. Dadaab and Kakuma were established some 30 years ago and are home to more than 410,000 refugees who fled Somalia and South Sudan. The Kenyan government said the settlements pose, quote, terror threats and gave the UNHCR two weeks to draft plans to shut them. With 90% of the votes counted after Israel's fourth election in two years, the parties supporting Binyamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, looked unlikely to secure a majority, although by striking a deal with Yamina, a right-wing party, he comes close. Yet another election is not unthinkable, even as faltering turnout suggests the electorate is approaching burnout. And Intel said it would spend $20 billion on building two chip-making factories in Arizona. Under a turnaround plan unveiled by its new boss, Pat Gelsinger, the firm will start making semiconductors for other manufacturers. That will put the American company more directly into competition with the dominant Asian chip makers, Taiwan's TSMC and South Korea's Samsung Electronics. And now, here's today's agenda. Sectioned, Big Tech and Misinformation Tech overlords are to be grilled by Congress, again. Today, the bosses of Facebook, Google and Twitter testify virtually before two subcommittees of the House of Representatives Energy and Commerce Committee on the subject of, quote, misinformation and disinformation plaguing online platforms. There will probably be some hard questions asked, given the role that election misinformation played in the Capitol riots on January 6th. The session might prove more constructive than past hearings, potentially paving the way for change to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act.
The 25-year-old legislation shields online platforms from liability for third-party content, no matter how objectionable, with just 26 words. Both those on the right and the left have their criticisms, and several competing bills circulate in Washington, D.C., proposing reform. Even Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's chief executive, seems keen. In pre-submitted testimony, he suggested that rather than being granted immunity, platforms should prove their ability to identify and remove, quote, unlawful content. The Battle for Britain, Scotland's Parliamentary Election The six weeks leading up to the election for the Scottish Parliament on May 6th will be dominated by two themes. First, the Alex Salmond affair. Nicola Sturgeon, Scotland's First Minister and the leader of the ruling Scottish National Party, was accused of misleading lawmakers as to when she first learnt of allegations of misconduct by her predecessor, Mr Salmond. Being cleared of this breach of the ministerial code on Monday handed her a remarkable boost and helped her sail through a confidence vote. Second is Scottish independence. An SNP government, either with an outright majority or in coalition with other pro-independence parties, will legislate for a second independence referendum. The British government maintains that its permission must be sought. Scotland's main opposition, the Scottish Conservative Party, is capitalising on both issues. In a speech today, its leader, Douglas Ross, will set out his platform, increase scrutiny of the SNP government and a dead stop to IndyRef 2. Ship in a Bottleneck, the Suez Canal The ships using the Suez Canal have got bigger in recent years. On Tuesday, Ever Given, one of the world's largest container ships, got wedged diagonally across it. The vessel was apparently blown off course by high winds. The blockage is a problem for global shipping. Nearly 19,000 vessels plied the 120-mile maritime shortcut between the Mediterranean and Red Seas last year, accounting for 12% of global trade by volume. Even a short closure of the trade bottleneck threatens severe disruption. The sight of a blockage on its main source of foreign earnings will have worried Egypt's government too. In 2015, it spent $8 billion on an expansion project to cut waiting times for ships. Despite the pandemic, revenues dipped only slightly in 2020 compared with the year before, in part because transit fees were cut for some vessels to attract traffic. Unless ever given is moved quickly, expect those revenues to sink too. Hypertension, the EU-UK vaccine trade war Leaders of European Union countries hold a virtual summit today to discuss a ban on exports of the AstraZeneca-Oxford University COVID-19 vaccine. The main putative target is Britain, which has been locked in a dispute over supplies with the EU for several weeks. The European Commission insists that AstraZeneca must supply the EU with vaccines before other countries. It previously wanted to, quote, forbid vaccines made on the continent, for example doses made at the Halleck site in the Netherlands, from being sent anywhere outside the bloc, including Britain. But it is not clear that the leaders of EU countries are united behind such a drastic move. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, has spent the past few days on the phone to many of them, appealing for them to veto any suggestion of an export ban. That may have worked. Yesterday, the two sides issued a joint statement saying they wanted to, quote, create a win-win situation. Flame on! Tokyo's Olympic torch relay begins. 
The torch relay for the Summer Olympics begins today in Japan. Plans for the Games press forward despite the COVID-19 pandemic. The flame will start in Fukushima Prefecture and crisscross Japan before reaching Tokyo for the opening ceremony on July 23rd. Originally, Japan wanted to use the Games to showcase its recovery from the earthquake, tsunami and nuclear disaster that struck the Northeast in 2011. When organizers chose to delay the Games last year, they hoped the event would celebrate the world's recovery from the pandemic. Yet that has also proven too optimistic. If the Games are held, they will be a pale shadow of the normal festivities. Last week, overseas spectators were barred from attending to guard against an outbreak of the virus. But the thousands of athletes, coaches and officials still present a risk. It is little wonder that most Japanese do not want the Games to be held this year at all. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Cecil Taylor, who was born on this day in 1929. You practice so you can invent. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.